Welcome to the Cut It Straight podcast, a conversation developed to help ministers and leaders of all ages pursue excellence. I'm Nate Whitley, Associate Pastor of First Apostolic Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. For more information, go to my website, nswhitley.com. We're continuing our series, Moses, A Study in Leadership. And in this episode, we're going to look at his calling. I hope this series and this lesson brings you great value. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. You know how much I love to read and study the Bible, and I want to help our listeners get uh, a better understanding of God's Word. Well, my friend, Clayton Killian, who is an apostolic theologian, has just released his biblical Greek chorus called Speaking Other Tongues. Uh, This is a great course that he just released teaching you uh, an introduction to biblical Greek. So for all of our Cut It Straight listeners, if you go to speakingothertongues.com now through the end of March, all of our listeners can sign up using the coupon STRAIGHT15. That's STRAIGHT15, and you can get 15% off of this course, Speaking Other Tongues, an introduction to biblical Greek. Uh, I highly recommend this course. I've been anticipating the release of this course, and my friend uh, Clayton has just finally released it. So make sure I'll, I'll drop that link in the in the show notes. Uh, if you want to deepen your study of biblical Greek, go to speakingothertongues.com. Use the coupon code STRAIGHT15 to get 15% off from now until the end of this March. So we're continuing our series uh, on Moses, a study in leadership. And so I want to look at his calling, look at Moses's calling into leadership and how that applies to us as leaders and ministers. The call of Moses might be one of the most memorable scenes in all of scripture. The burning bush, the holy place, the divine voice, and a man's reluctance make for an interesting story. Our familiarity of the story may lead to overlooking some significant details. His call into leadership took place at a significant time and place in his life. Forty years prior to Moses' call, he had attempted to lead Israel. One day he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, well, who are you, ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. Pharaoh heard of Moses' actions and tried to have him killed, but Moses fled to Midian. Killing the Egyptian didn't arouse Israel's enthusiasm to follow Moses and leave Egypt. Furthermore, they didn't like Moses' attempt of trying to mediate peace between two fighting Israelites. Add to that Pharaoh's bounty to kill Moses, and we can see why Moses wanted to run and hide. 
Moses ran away to a place called Midian. According to a few of my Bible dictionaries, uh, Midian in the Hebrew means covering or habit. Doubtless, Moses ran to cover himself from being found and killed. But like us, we tend to do uh, when we experience supposed failure in leadership, we want to run and hide and then sink back into familiar and more comfortable habits. Don't overlook Moses' desire to lead and help. Moses, however, attempted to lead under his own power and ability. It wasn't his lack of education, for Acts tells us he was educated in the courts of Egypt. It wasn't his lack of strength because he had just killed a man. It wasn't for lack of desire either. What was missing in Moses' first attempt at leadership was a holy calling and a divine vision. Leadership isn't just about education and ability. Leadership within the church demands the Spirit's empowerment. Attempts to lead spiritual endeavors without the assistance of the Holy Spirit is futile. The task of leading Israel out of Egypt's enslavement needed more than a physical war because there wasn't a single sword used in Israel's exodus later on. Trying to lead on your own leads to failure and frustration. And that's exactly what happened to Moses. In the New Testament, Jesus said it clearly, Without me, you can do nothing. Jesus is the source and sustainer of our leadership. We are wholly dependent upon him to accomplish the task of leading people and organizations. Christian service must distinguish between passion and principle and between impulse and purpose. Sheer desire wouldn't maintain Moses' continued confrontations with Pharaoh. Passion and impulse wouldn't sustain Moses to lead a stiff-necked people for 40 years through a wilderness. So let me give you a leadership maxim here. Don't let past failures keep you from present faithfulness in future success. Don't let past failures keep you from present faithfulness and future success. Moses met the daughter of, Midian, of a Midian priest and became his father-in-law's new shepherd. But I want you to notice what happened next in Exodus 2.21. It says, And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter, Zephora. Since Moses' first attempt at leadership failed, he might as well just get married and forget about trying to lead. He might have said, let someone else try. If Israel wants to stay in bondage, I'll just go on my merry way and be content to settle for something else. So he was content to watch his father-in-law's flock for 40 years. For 40 years, he was in the backside of a mountain in the wilderness. He was trained in Egyptians' uh, education system. But it was 40 years alone with somebody else's sheep that he became the leader that Israel would definitely, definitely need in the near future. But I'm sure Moses must have believed that God had forgotten him and life held nothing for him but looking after sheep. All those years spent in solitude looking after sheep in the silence of the desert. But it was here on the backside of a mountain in the desert, while content to tend to his father-in-law's flock, that God appeared in a burning bush. Don't neglect and don't overlook the 40 years of preparation. It may look like 40 years had been wasted of his life, 
But waiting time is never wasted time. God can use your current circumstance to position and prepare you for his vision for your life. Wherever you are right now, you might be exploding with desire. You might be motivated to lead and to minister. But you're somewhere behind the mountain content to dwell with the man. And sometimes God takes those 40 years, four years, four months to make something out of us, to train us, to equip us, to prepare us. Moses had only heard the bleeding of sheep for 40 years in the desert, but then there came a voice from a burning bush. You don't know when God is going to show up in your contentment. You don't know when the commission is going to come from a divine appointment. The bush was burning, but it was not being consumed by the flame. As Moses turned aside to see the marvel of the flaming bush, he heard a voice say, Moses. As Moses turned aside to see the burning bush, he heard a voice say his name. He replied, here I am. The Lord said from the bush, do not come near, take off your sandals, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. First, holiness refers to the character of God, expressing his uniqueness from the rest of creation. Holiness is more than just moral righteousness and goodness. In Scripture, when the word holiness is employed, it is in, used in relation to people, things, or places that have been touched by the Spirit of God or consecrated to Him. It denotes the idea of being set apart for God. Moses' call into leadership was a holy moment. His sandals were covered in dust from the desert, and the Lord wants him to take off at this holy place his sandals. A call of God will make you want to take off the defiling things of the world. A call of God will make you want to get your life in order. The call of God should kindle a passion for personal holiness. 19th century a Scottish missionary Robert McShane said of his ministry, quote, The greatest need of my people is my personal holiness. It is not great talents God blesses so much as great likeness to Jesus. A holy minister is an awful weapon in the hand of God, end quote. Leadership within the church is a holy calling. You might be leading a small group. That's a holy calling. You might be opening doors for guests on Sunday mornings. That's a holy calling. You might be singing on a praise team. That's a holy calling. You might be teaching rowdy five-year-olds in a Christian school. That's a holy calling. Church leadership isn't a matter of significance or insignificance. It's a matter of holiness. Here's another leadership maxim. God doesn't just call us to lead. He calls us to be holy. God doesn't just call us to lead. He calls us to be holy. After Moses had drawn near and took off his shoes, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But here's the tricky part. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. The Lord had seen the misery of his people. He had heard them crying out. Furthermore, he was concerned about their suffering to take care of these cosmic issues, he was going to send Moses to Pharaoh to bring Israel out of Egypt. God's problem was about to be Moses' problem. God seen, heard, and was concerned, but it was going to be Moses that was sent. 
God had two plans in mind. First, Israel needed to be freed from Egypt. Second, Israel needed a leader. God didn't complicate the mission. The the difficult stuff wasn't in the fine print. Actually, it's there in the bold print. Pharaoh, Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Persiazites, Hivites, Jebusites. God didn't promise that it was going to be easy for Moses, but he did say it could be done. When you have the confidence that God has called you to lead, then you can go forward in your mission that God will make a way. Scripture doesn't yield all the significance of the bush burning and not being consumed. The Bible does say, however, that God is a consuming fire. Jeremiah said that the word of God was like a fire shut up in his bones. I'm not one to attempt to make something more than it is in Scripture, but could the fire in the bush be representative of God's call in Moses' life? God's call is like a fire, but it won't burn you out. It'll consume your thoughts. It'll consume your choices. It'll consume your passion. But God's call won't cause you to burn out, flame out, or to end up in a heap of ash. On the other hand, attempting to lead without God's Spirit will cause you to burn out. Personal will and sheer determination may not cause you to kill an Egyptian, but it may cause you to wear out your stay in a Sunday school class or become toxic on the production or music team or inflict pain to others in the organization. Or worse, making an effort to lead without God's call may cause you to sacrifice your family and personal relationships. There's always a price to pay in doing the right things the wrong way. When Moses killed the Egyptian, it says that he looked this way and that. He wanted to make sure no one was looking when he killed that Egyptian. But when he had been equipped with the call of God, he didn't look this way and that. Rather, he waited to see if there was a pillar of a cloud or a pillar of fire to follow. So here's another leadership maxim. The call of God will consume you, but it won't cause you to burn out. The call of God will consume you, but it won't cause you to burn out. The call of God will emblazon you to lead. It will cause you to walk in Egypt and inspire the enslaved. It will cause you to forsake worldly treasures. It will cause you to do the things that nobody else wants to do or are willing to do. It will cause you to trust that if God has called you, then he will enable you to fulfill your calling. It will cause you to wade out into the darkness with only a flicker of light. Moses' call to leadership inflamed others who had been downtrodden, broken, to rise up and do what they had previously couldn't have done. There was a Miriam who needed some encouragement to get her tambourine out and rejoice. There was a future high priest in Aaron who was still in chains. There was a Joshua who didn't look like much, but he would lead a vast military endeavor into the promised land. There was a multitude of people who were going to make history and change the future, but they were demoralized and enslaved. They didn't have a burning bush experience, but Moses did. His call would ignite their call. Moses' first attempt to lead didn't inspire anybody. But this time when he went with God's call and empowerment, He became the catalyst to one of the greatest moments in history. Likewise, the call of God on your life has the potential to awaken people from the slumber and remove the chains of sin and bondage through the power of Jesus Christ. The call of God on your life has power to help you lead people into God's promises. Of course, like all humans, 
Moses was a little reluctant to heed God's call. But you need to have a calling in your life. You need to be assured that God has called you to leadership in ministry. Whatever that calling is, whatever that thing is that he is calling you to do, whatever the vision is, whatever the purpose is, make sure that you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because when you have been empowered with a call and by God's Spirit, you can walk in to Egypt and look Pharaoh in the face and tell him, let my people go. It might not happen the first time, because for Moses it didn't. It might not happen the second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, seventh time. But maybe not until the tenth time will Pharaoh let those people go. But when you are called of God, You'll keep going back until the vision comes to pass. I hope you have enjoyed this lesson on Moses and his calling. And I pray that you will begin to feel the call of God in your life. Maybe you're behind the the backside of a mountain right now, wondering when it's going to happen. Just stay faithful. Perhaps you're in the courts of Pharaoh, and he's not letting the people go. Just remain faithful. Be equipped today and be assured that if God has called you and God has empowered you, then rest assured God is with you in your calling. Everybody likes free stuff. Right now, you can go to nswhitley.com and download my brand new ebook, Five Steps to Effective Prayer for free. All you have to do is subscribe to my website and you get that brand new ebook, Five Steps to Effective Prayer for free. This handbook is going to help you have a more focused and intentional prayer time. So please go to my website, nswhitley.com, subscribe to it, and you can download that ebook. So also, if you go to nswhitley.com, you're going to see that I'm getting ready to release a master class based upon the lost art of spiritual disciplines. That's right, some video classes based upon my book, The Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines. You're not going to want to miss it. That's coming out March of this year. So go there, get the free ebook, sign up so you can be notified when the master class comes available. And I want to help you grow as a leader and a minister. I hope you have enjoyed this lesson on Moses and his calling. Be sure to subscribe to the Cut It Straight podcast on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music. Go to nswhitley.com for more information, and we'll see you next time on the Cut It Straight podcast.